Good morning, this is Bakes, Kevin Baker with Bakes Takes. Welcome to the show, a very special show. As you can tell, this is our special Father's Day edition. My fabulous Baker boys are here. Bobby and Jack are in the house. They're my inspiration for Bakes Takes. That's why I do this. We'll talk about that later. Uh, Jeremy Siegel on Barry Ritholtz's Bloomberg Masters in Business podcast uh, made a very good case for Bonnie Lowe's being in maybe forever, which is an astonishing call, but he's making it. Capital losses coming for bond investors. 75-25 is the new 60-40. I'll elaborate. And number three, how to sell stocks. But most importantly, uh, Bobby and Jack are here. And I couldn't be happier. I've had a wonderful Father's Day. And this is just uh, uh, making it even better. Um, Bobby graduated JMU. Surprised me on this Thursday. I didn't know he was coming up. I'm still in shock. And uh, he works at QTS. You want to talk a little bit about what you do? And uh, I'm an inside uh, account executive at QTS Data Centers, a, a co-location provider across the country. Um, our big uh, claim to fame is our service delivery platform. If you're interested, uh, Bakes will give you any more information about it. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that very much. And, and, and this is a good point for this. When I talk to you about recommendations, I'm really talking to him. Uh, he's been out a year, he's got a 401k, he has a Betterment account, and all I'm trying to do is steer him, make him money, not lose him money, uh, and invest shoulder to shoulder with, with all of us. So that's why I'm doing all of this. Uh, Jack uh, graduated Bucknell, participated in the Student Managed Investment Fund. Do I have that right? Correct, yeah. Uh, he recommended Campbell Soup with some help from a guy that knows how to read charts. Uh, Lulu was in the fund with his, his friend recommended. We talked about that last week. He is going to uh, UBS in a couple of short months. And yeah, August, talk to me August, August 10th is the start date. Uh, it's a two-year rotational program, as you guys have heard about at nauseum. But uh, yeah, I'm really excited to get to New York. <clears throat> uh, uh, thrilled to have him here and obviously jump in with, it, with anything you have. Again, uh, they're the reason I do this. Uh, they were they were in school. They're business majors at, at uh, JMU and Bucknell, respectively, and they would have a test or an interview or what have you. Their friends would, and uh, they'd say, "Hey, Bakes, you know what's the ten year yield? Why do I care? Uh, what does what's the Fed uh, action mean? Uh, you know why are stocks getting crushed uh, th- this day?" And I would give them my opinions, and then it became more frequent and then i said hmm maybe other people uh, especially in their 20s would like to have this information i've got the battle scars no no sense them uh, getting them anew so here we are anyway uh, this is segment number one this is bakes takes my takes uh on your questions of the week and bobby has the floor um bobby asked me to uh uh well you tell me all right so I basically was two or three weeks ago was talking about the uh, moving 50 day and 200 day averages. And frankly, I didn't fully understand what those were and how they apply to buying and selling stocks. Uh, love it. Love it. Love it. I, I, I eat this stuff up. Uh, the 50 day moving average is simply the, the last 50 trading days divided by 50. And it smooths out the crazy one day swings that, that you see. And it produces longer term trends in this chart it's the red line i hope it shows up on your screen the 200 day is the uh the same thing but it's the last 200 trading days it's obviously longer term obviously smoother and has longer term implications the reason i use this is that i was a broker in 87 
And uh, uh, October 87, I watched stocks go down 22% in a day. I realized I didn't know what I was doing. And the Wall Street analysts didn't know what I was doing. I went out and I read everything I possibly could. And I, especially the technical folks, Martin Pring and Bill O'Neill, and this chart comes from, from one of his books. And I just found that it was a great way to dispassionately signal when there were problems with stocks and upside opportunities. But for the, this argument, I thought it would be great to show what the 50 to 200 day means to me. And it's kind of funny because it dovetails into the present much better than I thought it was going to. Anyway. Uh, so with regards to the 50 and 200 day, and you mentioned dispassionately bringing um, the decision making. Do you find a lot of people end up having issues picking uh, buy and selling stocks based on emotion and less on statistics and strategy? Uh, yeah, exactly. And 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 buying stocks is relatively easy. The selling is the hard part because there. Are, and you've seen this with 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 uh, Smith, is that. You have opinions, you have models, you have valuation metrics, and then the market says, that's nice, uh, we're going to do whatever the heck we want to do, and and, and, and and there you are. Um, you want to come in? No, absolutely. I mean, I think we see that a lot with Smith. We often have um, some struggles selling out um, and realizing some capital gains. Uh, sometimes we have the tendency as novice investors to buy high, sell low, which is obviously the opposite of what you want to do in this game. So... No, absolutely. A self-discipline is something that we uh, harp on a lot. I'm the most valuable podcast on the planet right now. Okay, <laughs> so th this this works, and this is from from 2000 and, and uh, 2000 2001. This is Cisco. Uh, uh, you guys were you know gleams in our eyes. Uh, 97 to 99, it was just nuts. The market went went you know uh, parabolic. Uh, Cisco traded at 100 times earnings, and uh, and literally, it was fast. It was it was sort of ten to eighty in in, in two years. I mean, bananas. Anyway, uh, here you have this high volume price break. Uh, these red lines, both in the price, it breaks down through the fifty day. The the uh, the volume picks up dramatically, and that's just a warning sign. Now you don't have to do anything. But then you see the rally, and it happens on feeble volume, and it can't really make any headway above the fifty day. And that just shows weakness. When the 200-day is broken at 62 or so, uh, uh, right around that arrow, that I would sell a third. So what do you mean broken? It closes below that black line, okay. the 200-day. Gotcha. The 200-day moving average is broken, and I would just say sell a third, and I wouldn't talk about my model. I wouldn't talk to the analysts. I would just sell a third. That's extreme, maybe, but you'll see how it works. And this is one example of many. By the time the 50-day, the red line comes down through the 200, I would sell another third. So you didn't catch the peak. The peak was 80. But at around $60, you're out of two-thirds of the position at least. And if you have a more attractive position, I would probably sell the other third and um, go into something else. That Anything? absolutely makes sense. Um, and I, just, I think it's a wonderful, wonderful tool. And... Uh, uh, this example is just one of many. The peak was 80. You see the high volume price break, feeble rally, and then you have to be on guard. Mike, can you go to the next chart? Thank you very much. Um, okay, these are the different steps. And this is the daily because I wanted to highlight this a little more. You see that one, two, three, four? That's resistance. It can't get above that. The volume is feeble, isn't very impressive. And then you see the, the break of the 200. The 50 day comes through the 200. Note, 
I'm not talking about revenues. I'm not talking about margins. I'm not talking about orders. I'm not talking about server demand. And all that stuff should be scrutinized with, with uh, uh, you know, up here. Maybe you sell it just because I can't find a way to make my, my valuation $90. I can't do it. Anyway, um, this is how valuable it is. So you're out at 60 give or take. Uh, in, in three months, the stock is gapping down below 40 and you're at $37, $36 in three months. Mike, you mind going to the next chart, my friend? Thank you very much. This is the monthly. This is how good this is. See the 10 to 80 uh, over the two years? It peaks out in March of 2000, give or take. It's at 80. It's down to $8 in two years. Wow. So, you didn't, so yes, the first 20 points on the downside, yeah, you suffered that. But you're out at 60 bucks with, frankly, not doing a lot of work. Shh, don't let anybody get that around, all right? But, and here it is 20 years later, and it still hasn't reached 60. So, so you know, uh, uh, all that money that you have from owning whatever it was, let's call it 30 to 60, you double your money in two years, awesome. You didn't catch the low, you didn't catch the high, but you made 100% of your money. And then, for the next 20 years, you could do whatever you want. You could buy the hospital stocks. You can buy Netflix. You can buy whatever you want. And there's always opportunities. And this gets you out, I think, in an elegant way. And the 50 to 200, that's a very long-winded answer <laughs> to your very concise question. So I apologize. Makes so sense. In, in Simpleman's terms, you sell, personally, a third out when you cross the 200-day moving average, yes. another third when you move the across you break the 50-day moving average and then you hold on no, to the third when the 50 crosses down through the crosses 200 down through the okay and the Perfect. close the close is more important than anything that happens intraday that's picking nits and by the time the 200 day is going over is rolling down get out awesome all right okay Thank you. anyway it isn't perfect but it's better than you know the other things that people use <laughs> in my opinion uh brock another friend from bucknell uh, uh from pennsylvania uh, called up and asked about uh, hotels, airlines, cruise lines, and uh, full disclosure, these are individual stocks. I tend to like to buy stocks in groups so that you have diversification, especially smaller accounts. You have you know smaller position sizes. But for the sake of this, I have not run the ten, you know, uh, read the ten k line by line. I haven't talked to the CFO. I haven't called a supplier, customer, competitor. Full disclosure. But Marriott. Uh, and this might play into the David Portnoy discussions we've had over mm -hmm. the last couple of days. Um, uh, you know, if you want to day trade these, okay, that's fine. You have to have a different system than I have, and you have to stand in front of a screen from 9.30 to 4. Doesn't sound like fun to me, but, you know, Godspeed. Um, uh, obviously, COVID shut everything down. People aren't going to hotels. Uh, stock goes from 150 to, to 46 in about a month. And again, I thought that I, I'm, most, there's some skepticism about the 50 to 200. Oh, everybody looks at it. It's on, it's in all the algorithms. Okay. Look at this. Uh, uh, you know, it, it, it closes at, um, you know, 120. Uh, and then the 50 day comes down at around 110. And so you're out at a hundred bucks, give or take versus 50. And here we are at 89 and you've got cash. And uh, the only way I would be interested in this, if, if this forms a consolidation, 
between here and that you know 110 level and it builds a base for a while and then you see some some your know, meaningful volume on the upside then i get interested right now unless you have a day trading system that's really good uh if you want to take a small amount of money and play great but i wouldn't touch these there was an article in the paper that the new york is at 46 percent hotel occupancy you're not making money at 46 percent. you need to be 80 plus i believe from what i understand i think an important question to ask though is you see 57 at the 57 um dollars per share at the beginning of april is that not a good time to buy i know you're not buying for the next quarter even the quarter after that's earnings but maybe you're buying for a year from now's earnings when everything bounces back stock price goes to 100 that's some pretty pretty large gains if 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 you have a way to see that and have confidence, great. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see how anybody can. The, I mean, there's a headline I saw today about a second wave in the fall. Now, that kind of ebbs and flows, but it's one day it's coronavirus is coming back, and then, and then and the next day it's there's a vaccine or a treatment. And if you can do it, great. I don't think you can. And, you know, if... Now, this is the great thing about being an individual investor versus a, 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 a pro. You know, they're going to say, I have to have some percentage in these these reopening plays. You don't have to do anything. You can sit there and wait until there's this fish in a barrel and, and, and buy something that's really uh, high potential. And I think, you know, I think this is gambling. And if you want to gamble, that's fine. Just know that's what you're doing. Delta Airlines, it's the same kind of thing. Um and look at the pa- how similar the patterns are, and look how the 50-day and 200-day work. Now you're out at around 50 bucks, give or take. All right, I'm, I'm eyeballing this. Um, the the it, it, it gaps down through the the 50-day on big volume. The 50-day comes down, and you just say, "I'm gone." Bye, see you later. And you avoid all of this. The low is at 19 dollars. Here we are with 2951. And uh, all of that resistance at 40 plus is going to be very tough to break through. I think the volume on the downside is bigger than the upside. And again, unless you're day trading and you've got a different short-term system, I would say to heck with it. Brock or anybody else. Royal Caribbean, you want to talk about non-essential services, you know, cruises, you know. Uh, I love a good Petri dish as much as the next guy, but I'm not getting on a cruise anytime soon. Sorry, Mr. Royal. Um, uh, I know he doesn't exist, but anyway, um, uh, it, it's the same thing. Uh, uh, but look at the, how, how fast this happens. 135 down to 19 again yeah. in a month or two. I mean, that's how fast it can happen. And the people that say, oh, well, I can see the intrinsic value at, at 20. Yeah, I don't buy it one iota. You're, 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 you're throwing up on your shoes, you're terrified, and you just get rid of it. And uh, so here we have a bounce, and I think, I think the chances of it doing much more than just bounce between 50 and 75, which some day traders can exploit very, very well, but you've got to sit there in front of the screen all the time. Uh, again, unless you have a short-term trading system with someone that you, you know, have had history with, I would say go move on to something else. Um, uh, this is Bake's takes, my takes on uh, the podcast highlights of the week. Uh, Barry Ritholtz has a great podcast. It is um, uh, Bloomberg Masters in Business. I listen to it almost uh, wire to wire every single week. Uh, Jeremy Siegel was on, uh, professor at the Wharton School, wrote a great book, uh, Stocks for the the Long Run, very well regarded. He's bullish on stocks. Uh, Some argue he always is 
That's a complaint against him. I have not examined his track record closely. You can make your own uh, conclusions. But at, how's this for spoon feeding? At eight minutes, uh, the low and bond <coughs> yields, uh, he calls for the low and bond yields to be in likely forever. That's an astonishing call. But not really, because the low is at 57 basis points, give or take. Here we are at 75, and, um, you know, I don't... But I think there's a, he makes a very good argument that from here on out, uh, there's a good chance for 2 to 5% inflation next year as all this liquidity sloshes through, and uh, the, the bond investors are likely going to suffer capital losses. The And, and he and Barry talk about 75-25, being the new 60-40, we'll go into that, but we've talked about 60-40 in the past. And um, uh, his big stakes. Uh, I can see the bond argument, but stocks yield 2% right now. If risk-free treasuries start yielding 2 3 4 5%, I think stocks are, from these valuations, which are in the top 10%, are going to have a tough time making a lot of money. Could they go up? Yes, but I don't think you can have it both ways. Uh uh, that's that's my argument. 60-40, um, 60% uh, equities, and you're going to see this a lot, talk about this a lot at UBS. Uh, that's the you know standard allocation, 60% stocks, 40% bonds. Uh, e e make a long story short, the blended one, uh, uh, the blended portfolio is down 0.6%. After this big rally that people are so enthusiastic about, the S&P is still down. And the point of this whole thing is to make money, last time I checked. So uh, we're down 4.2% on stocks, bonds are up 4.8, and you haven't, you know, and with the dividend yield and, and the, uh, 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 the bond coupon, you're probably flat, but I'm not, you know, jumping up and down over that. Jump in with anything that you want to add. I've confused you. Um, Actually, I just got a text from my buddy. Um, who, oh, great. They don't want to be named. Um, but read it real quick. Uh, he says he's been putting 15% um, towards uh, his, the payoff of a debt of $25,000. Um, and he's putting 15% into the retirement and pay, making double payments on the, um, the loan. Uh, should he continue as is or pay the minimum 5% towards retirement and put the other 10% towards debt just to get that off the books? I would, For listeners, I would probably try to rephrase that as easy as possible. So you're basically saying, should he pay off the debt now with the set rate that he's paying, which is 7%, you said? The, did not disclose the rate. So should he be paying off the debt right now with the rate that he's given, or should he just be investing that money and paying it off later in the future? Yeah, he's been putting 15% in towards his uh, investment retirement account and was wondering if you should kind of track that back and get the debt taken care of first before he goes into investing. I would, uh, I think it's math. I would, I would max out the retirement account because it, it, it's uh, uh, it compounds tax free. That's very powerful. Stocks return, pick a number, seven to eight year over year. Uh, uh, I think that doing that over the next two years is going to be difficult, but he's 22, 23, and he's going to live to be 113 probably. Um, the other argument is uh, the debt, you have to use after tax money to pay off, let's say, a 7% coupon. So you have to earn 10% plus in order to equal that math. Now, there's also just the the uh, psychological benefit of getting the damn debt down. So uh, 
I would that was just nice say, alliteration, by the way. Damn, damn debt down. Yeah. <laughs> well, you like that? I like that. Yeah, yeah a lot of guys can't pull that off. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's my, my answer. I hope that's helpful. And if he texts back and says that isn't helpful, then we'll, we'll, we'll deal with that. Gotcha, okay? buddy. Uh, uh, this, this is the 7525. I just put it up because I was curious. Uh, now, to be fair, this is the last six months, the year to date. So this is an allocation that someone's going to be using for the next 36 years or 46 years or 56 years, whatever the case may be. Um, but, you know, what you're basically saying is that bonds are going down and stocks are going to go up over the long term. Not an unreasonable bet. I just hope that you're ready for that 75 to be down 33% in a month the way it was last month. Not saying it's going to repeat anytime soon, but that can happen, obviously. And, you know, that's going to hurt and that's going to generate some some client calls, I believe. In terms of the recent volatility, how investable is, how investable, excuse me, is the volatility index? Uh, you know, I, I like the VIXI. We talked about that last week, V-I-X-Y. Uh, and VIXM is the is the medium term futures. I think it's one of the prettiest charts out there, and I think volatility from here after this forty percent bounce is very likely to increase. I think the bond argument for bonds going down is very likely, and I also look at the calendar. It's June. Um, the elections are in November. There's going to be all kinds of craziness that goes on. We're going to have this this battle about if the Fed ever says. We are not, we're slowing down the buying of asset purchases, corporate bonds, ETFs, etc. I think that we've seen it. Every time he sneezes, Powell sneezes about something like that, boom, the stocks go down. 2018, they tried to bring the, the uh, Fed asset holdings from 4.3 to 3.8, and the market hated it and got crushed. And it was down 20% in two months, three months, whatever, the, whatever it was. Um, and then this this uh, reopening, I want it to work, but we're already seeing flare-ups. And if the flare-ups turn into something more serious, then I just think volatility is going to is going to pick up. And it's the prettiest damn monthly chart I've seen in a long time. So there we go. Uh, here's my fifty thirty ten ten that I mentioned on the September uh, uh, presentation that you filmed. Um, go to the YouTube channel, please. Uh, it's simply. Uh, takes the 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 60 40 and puts 10 percent into cash 10 percent into gold and it's up 0.8 percent which is not great but for a no-brainer kind of, of of steady state asset allocation i think it's it's it, and it certainly felt a lot better uh in february or march when it looked like the world was coming to an end uh here's bakes takes on the reporters of the week uh jack howe is one of my uh, uh favorite reporters i think he's one of the few funny financial reporters he uh writes for barons uh, streetwise he has a podcast of the same name he uh, appears on the show the barons roundtable every friday night uh on fox i believe and um he talked to george port jeff porges sorry jeff porges who I used to cover healthcare. I know Jeff. He's a brilliant guy. I knew him from his city days, I believe. He's now at Lyrinc. And uh, when he says something, I pay attention. Uh, and he talks about there's no reason to believe that a combination of remdesivir, Gilead's drug, and dexamethasone, a steroid they talked about last week, is having some benefit in patients, uh, which is, I believe, a generic, and convalescent plasma, simply taking the, the uh, blood plasma out of an 
previously infected patients. There's no reason why if you put all those together, you're going to, you're not going to be able to reduce mortality by 60 or 70 percent, not the 30 or 40 that we're talking about now. If that becomes standard belief, then that's a treatment regimen that's going to uh, get people excited. It isn't a vaccine that prevents future illnesses, but for hospital-bound patients, it's encouraging. So I want to be I want to be balanced, and I think Jeff is very thoughtful, as is Jack. Um, you might have heard the name Dave Portnoy recently. Uh, 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 Jack Howe uh, wrote about him, and if you told me a year ago he was going to write about the Barstool Sports founder, I would have said, you're out of your mind. Uh, but with sports shuts down, sh- with sports shut down, he's rebranded himself as uh, Davy Day Trader Global. And in Twitter videos, he talks about how stocks go up all the time, uh, making money is easy, spilling uh, Scrabble tiles to pick tickers. And why he thinks he's smarter than Warren Buffett. I've talked about this in the past. I'd love to know what, what you see from your friends. Uh, uh, you know, Robinhood accounts. Do they follow him? Are they using other services? Any thoughts? I'm a big believer in you are your brand. And I think Dave Portnoy has like created this incredible brand. He's an incredible businessman. But not to call out Dave Portnoy and all of his like power and influence on social media. But, I mean, he's proved himself over, what, two months? Two months. I mean, there's fund managers that have done it for 25 years that, I mean, calling out Warren Buffett, I don't know what that is. I don't know why he thinks that's an appropriate course of action it's, for him right a, now. It's, it's a bold, bold strategy, Cotton. It's so a we'll, brilliant we'll see how that one plays it, it, out. He, he's a gambler with no sports. He found the best gambler he could find. I the, guess. There I you guess. go. Yeah, there there you is. go. And that's what Jack was talking about. And I just, I didn't know if, 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 if you had told me that, yes, all of my friends are, are on margin doing it in Robinhood accounts, I'd be more concerned. It seems to be maybe more episodic than... I think I most thought. of my friends agree with the idea, and you learn it from any basic finance class you take. It's time in the market, not timing the market. And he's timing the market, and it'll work for a little bit, but no wealth managers made a career over two months. It'll, it'll be really funny. Pretty good, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. I don't even know anything about finance. <laughs> it'll, it'll be really funny to see how he is when he starts experiencing some losses. If he just goes, you know, radio silent on his Davy Day Trader thing, or if he, you know, owns up to it and admits it. We'll I see. doubt it, knowing him and his ego, but we'll see. Either yeah. way, guy's great at marketing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this has been fabulous. A great time. Uh, hope you had fun. Please subscribe, review, and share my Bakes Takes podcast on Apple, Spotify, or your preferred platform. Please also subscribe to my Bakes Takes YouTube channel. The audio is the same, but the charts that I reference are on the screen. Follow us on Twitter at Bakes Takes underscore and other social media. Please use your voice memo app, tape your questions, and email them to bakes at bakestakespodcast.com or write if you prefer. I'll keep you anonymous if you'd like. Thank you for listening. Mike Wilson is my producer. Thank you as always, Mike. Have a great week. This is Bakes. And for much needed levity, uh, please go to the YouTube channel. This is Kyle Kinane, one of my favorites, uh, bringing a bag of pancakes on a flight, which is about as silly as I want it to be on Father's Day. Uh, thank you very much for my boys joining me, Bobby Baker, QTS, Jack Baker, UBS. And uh, I hope this has been fun, as half as fun for you as it is for me. And take care. See you next week. Bye now. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Biggs. <laughs> You're the best. That was fun. That was really fun. I love you.